Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Kat, and today in this very special episode, I'm joined with my friend Jack Golden. Welcome, Jack. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, today, we're going to be talking all about intuitive eating, and we figured what better time of year to have this episode than the day after Thanksgiving, <laughs> uh, with food being just very prevalent in our lives, heading into the holiday season. Um, Jack just has so much good insight and experience in this topic. So to give a little background on Jack, she is an intuitive eating body image coach, a yoga teacher, and a dietetics student right now. And Jack, I remember you and I actually met, um, I think it was when we first started teaching at Black Swan, right? Yeah, gosh, how many years has that been now? Like three or so years ago. Yeah, I remember meeting you in the studio and then finding out we both were into health coaching and just like had a lot in common. So I was really happy to come across you there. Yeah, likewise. And that kind of just blossomed into a beautiful friendship of coffee dates and connecting on coaching and um, kind of this like niche that we found ourselves in, like similar but different with um, me and holistic health coaching and you and intuitive eating. And just I remembered learning so much from you and your approach and um, your group programs and everything you were creating was really inspiring for me. So just remember Of course. Um, So for anybody who intuitive eating as a concept is new to, I know it's it's very prevalent in like the health and wellness space, I'd say right now in the past couple of years. But for anybody who this is a new concept to, could you please share what is intuitive eating? Yeah. So um, I kind of like to think of intuitive eating as a methodology that people follow um, or more so like a lifestyle because it does go beyond just like the way you eat food. And so um, intuitive eating was actually coined by two dietitians back in the 90s. So although it's really popular right now, it has actually been around for probably close to 30 years now and uh, was originally created in a way to um, or really to be used as treatment for eating disorder. And it started to expand from there into, um, like I said, a methodology and a lifestyle really that can be applied to anybody. Um, so if you think about, um, from a very simple com concept of what it is, uh, babies are our most intuitive eaters. I'm actually experiencing this right now with my, my infant and, um, basically, they know when they're hungry. They know when they're full. They know how, how what they want to eat. They know how much they want to eat. And they, they stop when they're satisfied. And that is like the most basic view of it is really trusting your internal cues. So there are 10 principles of intuitive eating. And if you become an intuitive eater, typically would work through the 10 principles that have to do with like mindful eating, lots of mindset works. There's a lot of involvement around your mental state, the way you interact with your thoughts. Um, there is a principle around movement. So, you know, outside of food, you know, how we have a relationship with our body and movement and uh, whatnot. But yeah, on a basic level, it is 
uh, a framework of trusting your internal cues in your body. So instead of, you know, listening to um, external, you know, we have dieting is like very prevalent these days. We all know that, especially around the holidays. So um, instead of having a diet tell you how much to eat, what ingredients are okay, um, you really rebuild a connection with your own body and your own intuitive wisdom. So there's a, that intuitive piece comes in. It's relying on your intuition around what food sounds good, how much of that food you want, understanding when you are satisfied and the meal is complete. Um so that we, yeah, basically just coming back to our intuition uh, when it comes to food. That's incredible. And I mean, it's, it seems so obvious, right? That right. Yes. Such an important tool for us to all build a relationship with in our lives. It's like we're all born with it, but somewhere along the way, we're just taught, um, to ignore our bodies. Yeah. Like if if you think about it, like think about kids. Um, if you've ever been around toddlers, you've probably heard their parents complain, like I can't get them to eat anything. All they want to do is snack all day. Like I can't get them to sit down for a meal. They eat and they want to leave and play. And, you know, there could be some underlying other things going on there, but, um, kids know, you know, we're born with this wisdom of understanding like, okay, I've had a few bites or I need one more bite and then I'm satisfied and I'm done and I can get up and walk away from my plate. And that is just like, unfortunately, probably kind of rare for adults. You hear people say like, oh, I need to stop, you know, when they're eating, um, as if they don't have any control over, um, what, what they put into their body. And so it is, um, something that we have to come back to and relearn. We're all born with it. So you have that wisdom. We've been there before. Um, it's really our society and the our societal views around food and, and body image and health that have really taken us away from intuitive eating. Mm-hmm, totally. And a word that you said, control, I think this is so prevalent as it relates to food. And just speaking for myself, back in high school, I really struggled with an eating disorder myself. And intuitive eating was so far from my mind, just as a concept. Obviously, I didn't know it existed back then as like a, a methodology. But um, I was just constantly looking outside myself for diets and like, diet pills and all sorts of different, you know, ways to control and restrict and prevent myself from eating because it is so intertwined with our self-worth and body image. And there's just so much of that. So it makes complete sense in like the most healing way possible that to like that this is created to help heal eating disorders. It's just like that mind-body connection and getting just back into our bodies and, and that beautiful remembering, like you said, of what we all came onto this earth here with knowing. Yeah, exactly. And like, while it's, it's helpful for, um, you know, individuals who have struggled with disordered eating, um, which I think a lot of people start to just think about like control and restriction. It's really helpful for people who have struggled with binge eating in the past. Um, it's honestly, I, I think it's helpful for people who have like zero appetite for certain things. Like it, there's really a practice for it anywhere and everywhere. And it is, um, 
you know, I like to think holistic, you know, for someone like yourself who is like focused on holistic health, um, it really intertwines that mind and body piece together. So I think it's a practice for every single person, whether they think they struggle with food or not. It's really a beautiful practice of coming home to your own body, having a, a pretty strong connection to your body and your intuition and who doesn't want that. Right. So I think, I think it's um, definitely becoming more popular as it becomes a practice that everyone can adopt, not just individuals who are working on their relationship with food. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just love it. I love that it exists. I think it's one of those beautiful healing tools that is led with compassion and Mm self-trust. And I think there's a lot of tools out there that, um, like even like intermittent fasting, like for example, my mom has been trying this recently and she's been telling about me about it. And, um, it's not something that I have, you know, decided to ever do for myself because I don't love the idea of denying my body food when it's hungry, because to me, that just slips into a dangerous place of old familiar patterns and habits that really just, right? Um, Sure. Like I've heard it does work for some people. And so I'm not here to prescribe uh, one thing or another to anybody, but I think any tool that leads with compassion and and just trusting your, your internal cues, like that's a really positive thing. And like a light should go off in our heads of like the ones that are positive and the ones that like, maybe we should think twice about. Totally agree. And, and trust is a really big piece of it because unfortunately as the diet world continues to grow and becomes, you know, it's already like a $70 billion industry and, you know, the holidays by the time most people are listening to this, it's, it's going to be like at the forefront and really shoved down people's throats. And so that is the time when we need to all work on rebuilding trust and, and kind of put that into our, the forefront of our minds, because if you have, if you are someone who has like relied on diets in the past, um, if they were meant to work, they, there wouldn't be so many of them, right? You know, there's always a new diet coming out because they're not meant to last. They don't work. And we're always seeking something and seeking externally and seeking honestly validation and prescription and rules to follow. And so, um, yeah, I, I would agree that the whole piece on empathy um, and rebuilding trust are like really key for me because that's something that I I had to do for myself too that I was really missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thinking about your work with people, um, can you share about what you've helped people with in the past as an intuitive eating coach? Yeah. So um, I have helped clients with a range of issues. So um, people typically come towards me and and my work because they um, feel either out of control around food. um, They feel like they have obsessive thoughts. So things maybe we could categorize under disordered eating patterns, meaning they're not um, participating in bodily harm and and like active restriction, like an active eating disorder. Um, However, they feel uncomfortable in their relationship with food, whether that's, like I said, obsessive thoughts, um, feeling out of control around food, um, having some distrust with their body, not being able to tap into their own intuition, like really not being able to even 
dictate what an internal cue is. Um, The further we get away from that, unfortunately, the harder it can be to to hear those internal cues. And so, um, you know, I've helped people who have recovered from an active eating disorder, but feel like they're in kind of that like quasi recovery stage where they're no longer harming themselves, but they still don't feel really comfortable. Food doesn't feel easy for them. So a lot of the people would describe, you know, food is hard. Food is complicated. Food is messy for me. I don't feel safe around myself. Um, I don't feel comfortable in my own skin with, you know, my body size. Um, and you know, that leads to food. People want to overcompensate with exercise and, um, kind of get into these different pretty common mentalities, like around earning and burning food. Those are just some of the like thoughts that tend to come up a lot with clients that I've worked with. So, um, I would say that's, uh, kind of on a larger scale things that I've helped people with, um, and on some like smaller wins, for instance, um, I know specifically I've helped a client who, um, wanted to eat one of her favorite foods again it had gotten to a point she loves chips <laughs> it had gotten to a point where she uh wasn't allowing herself to buy chips have chips she felt completely out of control and lost um around that specific food and so it got her to a place where she could have chips in the house have a few different kinds eat them when she wanted to had like enough felt like she didn't need to have them every single day, um, really get her to a place of neutrality. So that's kind of an aim I'm working for with people is get them to a place where food is is pretty neutral. It doesn't hold so much power over individuals. Food becomes easy. It, it doesn't require as much thought as we've put into it before. So um, I would say that's kind of the big goal most people have is they want food to be easy. They don't want to be stuck in their thoughts around it all the time. And, and that looks different for everybody. For one person, it's chips. For another person, it's dessert. And they wanted to be able to have cookies in the house and be able to enjoy cookies without binging on them because they had a history of emotional eating and, and binge eating. And so, um, getting people to a place where they can enjoy food again and not be in a, um, you know, in a spiral mentally during that time is uh, one of my favorite things. And I'm so grateful to be able to help people with that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I think like, for folks who haven't personally experienced this, you know, they might hear us talking about like, chips and cookies and like, you know, the the control that they have over your lives and not totally understand it. But for folks like, like us who've, who've been there and um, have experienced disordered eating, just that freedom to not have, you know, we have thousands of thoughts every single day to not have so many of them be centered around control and food. Like that is life changing. So it's, it's really important work. Yeah. That, that like term freedom, like I would say you might see it interchanged with intuitive eating on social media platforms. People reference food freedom, um, because that's really what the work gives you. Um, like you said, we have so many thoughts a day. I know there's been times in my life where I've spent 70% of my day thinking about food, whether it was thinking about what I had eaten earlier, um, and making myself either feel bad about it or obsessing over how much I ate thinking about future meals. It was constantly like 
backtracking what I had eaten, doing mental calculations to prepare for what I could eat for the next few meals. Um, it became obsessive when I started to have plans with friends around food. Like it, the amount of time I spent in my day thinking about food and it typically being in a negative headspace, that really does start to take a toll on you. So um, I would say one of the biggest things that this does, um, aside from allowing you to like keep chips in your house, like you said, is really to have that freedom and that mental clarity. And I know that's something when I first started this work on my own journey, right? Because that's what led me here is I, I had to do this work myself is I needed that mental space back. I'm a busy person. I don't have time to be spending that much time thinking about about something so, so trivial. And um, I, I didn't have the availability and I was missing out on a lot in my life because of how much time I was obsessing over it. And so I needed that time back. I wanted to be free. And um, I would say that probably resonates for a lot of people too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember, like, did you have one moment or something like what led you to that moment of like, okay, something has to give, um, and was the catalyst for you to make a change? Yeah. So, um, in college I had an undiagnosed eating disorder and kind of went to go see help. Um, didn't, didn't really get the help I needed, but got myself to a place where I was no longer like actively harming myself, um, kind of got my weight to a steady point. And, um, from there I've just basically like fell into disordered eating patterns, which I know it sounds kind of confusing for people who might um, be a little bit new or not fully understand the clinical side of things. But um, I, my weight was steady. I was still eating, but my mental state was horrible. Um, and some of my behaviors were um, not, not super healthy. Um, and really just uh, time consuming, I describe. And um, after I graduated from college, I moved to Austin and I was living in Austin for a few years. And I just remember I worked at a startup. I didn't, I had roommates. I didn't have a whole lot of money. And I had a boyfriend at the time and he had a great relationship with food. Um, I remember there being really specific moments where we would like go get a bagel and cream cheese, which I love a bagel and cream cheese, like, <laughs> and it needs to have a ton of cream cheese, but oh, yeah. he would eat it. And like, he would just eat it and go about his day and he wouldn't talk about it and he enjoyed it. And I started to think, I was like, I wonder if he's having the thoughts that I'm having. I'm eating this bagel and I'm telling myself I can't have any bread for the rest of the day, no more carbs. I definitely need to exercise. Um, like basically trying to compensate because I thought that eating that bagel was bad. Um, and so I started to realize that like, Oh, there's people around me who don't have these kind of thoughts and seeing him have a good relationship with food kind of led me to be like, Oh, can it, can it be different than this? And around the same time, I also um, started to get extremely stressed out about going out with friends. You know, this was the first time in my life that I was living pretty independently and like making my own money and making new friends. And the more people wanted to go out together in Austin, the more I felt myself um, starting to uh, like 
stay home and kind of hibernate a little because I was scared of the food because I wanted to wake up early in the morning and exercise um, because I wasn't okay during the day if I didn't exercise. And um, exercising was a method of control for myself. I didn't want to go out and drink with people because I was worried about calories and the alcohol. And it really kept me from having a good time and Honestly, the people around me were probably the ones that opened up my eyes that, oh, what I'm doing is not normal. Other people aren't really living this way. And um, this is starting to to be a bit consuming. So um, that was kind of the catalyst to the work. And I will say it took me a while to be ready, um, which everyone has to come to it in their own way. But um, I did start to notice and realize that I was getting exhausted. I, I just, you know, I eventually started going out more with people and and trying. And then um, I just realized that my, although I could change my behaviors. I could go out with people. Um, I could go to dinner with friends. I just found my thoughts to be so consuming. Like you were saying, um, I just, I needed that mental freedom and I didn't have that. So that led me to, to really realize something has to change. I can't live like this forever because it's consuming and it's going to keep me from doing other things in my life. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it's, um, it's, it's real, it's vulnerable, it's hard. Um, and I think that a lot of listeners will be able to actually resonate with your message and your experience that you shared. So thank you for that. Um, and it's beautiful also that like those people around you and your life at that time could act as expanders and inspire you to, um, of what's possible, right? How Mm -hmm. people can eat a bagel and cream cheese and (laughs) not feel bad. And I think that's like, so not even within the realm of possibility when you're so in that place that we do sometimes need to look outward and see that other people can do this and be like, okay, well, they can do it. I can do it. (laughs) Um, Totally. And I think sharing details of stories and experiences is so important because you know, it, that's how I found intuitive eating. I found it through somebody else who, um, had basically been down the same road I had been, and she had been practicing intuitive eating and started to share with others and create just like a community for support through the whole process. And that's where, where I found it. And I realized, wow, like there's a lot of people who have been living the same life that I've been living and it doesn't have to be this way. And seeing her on the other side, um, having gone through the work and and really uh, putting in the effort to, to heal her relationship with food, I realized it was possible. And so I always share because I know there's people out there struggling right now Um, especially this time of year, it is so hard. And so I want people to hear the story and hear the message and know that people have walked that same road ahead of you and they are already there. And so I hope that, you know, in sharing, I'm, I'm an open book anyway, but I hope that in sharing that it just inspires other people to know that, you know, there is another path forward in life and things don't always have to be this messy with food. Heck yeah, such an important message. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And in thinking about like that shift from being in that place where a bagel and cream cheese was scary and having to work out, you know, and just 
have that really influence your life to finding intuitive eating um, through that girl and diving into it yourself. I'm curious now, like, what would you say intuitive eating has done for you? Well, intuitive eating has honestly changed the whole trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I originally went to school to study art and art history and started working in the creative field. And upon finding intuitive eating, well, let me backtrack. I, I do think that I, I was meant to be a helper in some capacity. I've always been attracted to, you know, teaching yoga. I got my yoga teaching certificate, got my, you know, health coaching certificate. There's always been something in me that was wanting to help other people. And sadly that came, uh, came in the form of like giving diet advice back in college when I was in the throes, you know, I was like, Oh, well, I can lose weight. I can manipulate my body. Let me teach others how to do it. Let me help others who want that too. Um, so I've always kind of had this capacity to want to, um, lead others. I'm passionate about leadership and, and want to help everyone. And so, uh, finding intuitive eating, because it changed my life so much and really woke me up, I was like, I think this is the path that I want to take. This is going to be how I help people. This is going to be my legacy pretty much. And I'm um, not just human that. Design, Jack? Um, I don't, I know my Enneagram and a little bit of my like birth chart, but um, I don't know my human design. <laughs> That's okay, we'll have to look it up. After. Yeah, yeah, be curious. <laughs> just hearing all about that, um, I resonate too. <laughs> yeah, but I just like have always wanted to lead and help people, and um, so it kind of went back and forth um, for a few years on like how to do that. And so that's where the coaching aspect came from is like really being there as a guide for, for others. And then, um, through that, I realized I want more clinical experience. I want to help people on a larger scale. So, um, that's when I decided to go back to school and, um, pursue my master's in nutrition and dietetics to become a registered dietitian. So I am in school right now getting my master's, um, and really learning all the, the key things I need in order to help people with this uh, even, you know, even better in the future. Um, so finding intuitive eating honestly really changed my life because I don't, I don't know what I'd be doing career wise um, if I, if I hadn't found it. So I'm grateful that it kind of gave me that push and I do feel very fulfilled knowing I'll go back to school and can build like a long-term um, dietetics practice around it. Yeah, that's so awesome. And what a beautiful time in your life to have found it too, because yes. um, and now, you know, like you're on your path to help others even uh, deeper in these ways and your mom. And I can only imagine yeah. how helpful intuitive eating was in that knowledge um, during pregnancy and seeing your body change in all these ways and all that. Could you Absolutely. That? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have always known that I wanted to be a mom and have a family. And and part that was like part of my like push to heal too, is I said I this stuff can often be generational. And like you were talking about, your mom is um doing intermittent fasting. Like it's just we share that, you know, if you know, the messaging that moms get around their bodies and, and honestly just women in society, uh, we pass that down to our children. And I said I 
I don't want to do that. I don't want my thoughts and my behaviors and my beliefs around my body and my food. I don't want that to be passed down to my kids. So that really gave me the push to know I needed to do this um, and make these changes in order to have a happy family in the future. And so um very grateful that I that I put in the work and it was incredibly helpful when it came time to um, have a kid because uh, let me tell you going through pregnancy is is wild the the hunger changes the um, changes to your appetite alone and the changes to your body and and the fact that you kind of have to be open and have acceptance because you just don't know what's going to come your way they can try to you know, predict, you know, your weight gain, they can try to tell you what symptoms you're going to experience, what food aversions you might have. Um, But it really is different for everybody. And so the fact that I had already gone through this work and was in a comfortable place, when the time came that I had severe food aversions, and I'm not kidding you for like, two to three weeks, all I could eat were crackers. Uh, That's all I could eat. And previous me probably would have spiraled, I would have said I need my vegetables, I need my fruit, I need to eat things that are, um, I can't see but quote unquote, healthy, I can't eat things that are unhealthy for too long, or my body's going to change my health is going to fail. And so being in a place where I can accept this is the season that I'm in. My body will be okay. I will have fruits and vegetables again in the future. It's okay if I don't for a time period. Let me trust my body and trust what my body is needing right now. Let me respect my body by giving it what it feels best. That was buttered noodles for a little while. That was honestly simple carbs. All I could eat was simple carbs for a while. So I needed to be in a place mentally where I was okay with that because Aside from feeling, you know, sick and uh, sick to your stomach and nauseous, you know, all day long, because it's not just the morning, um, you also don't really want to be worried about the food you're eating because you're already worried about your body and your baby and you just want to feel better. So um, the fact that I didn't have to worry about the food piece, the fact that I didn't have to worry about and stress that, oh, my boobs are getting a little bit bigger, my butt seems a little bit wider, my stomach has gotten really soft. The fact that I didn't have to harp on that and I could fully be present and be in a space where I was excited to welcome a child in and not just be concerned about the way my body was changing, but really focus on the beautiful things that my body was doing for for my baby and, you know, trusting it. I, I went through all the pregnancy with a mantra that my body knows what it's doing. And I, I trust my body and I trust my biology, meaning my body regulates itself. It gains the weight that it needs. It gains the weight and puts it where it needs. It holds on to fat as it needs. I, uh, I am eating these foods because this is what my body needs from me right now. And being in a place where I can be fully accepting of that and trusting in that and respecting, uh, that intuition respecting those cues was uh was absolutely crucial and made for not only like a pleasant pregnancy but similarly postpartum because feeding yourself when you have a newborn is very very difficult so you kind of just have to let other people feed you let my husband cook I let people bring us food we got takeout way more often than normal just 
you know, it, it brings me back to things that probably would have stressed me out and made me spiral out of control mentally years ago. And now I'm at a place where I'm fully accepting this is my season of life. I, I can focus on my child and not really worry about the fact that I've had pasta five nights this week. So, um, it, it's been really, really helpful in this season. That's incredible. And I mean, you have a healthy baby too. So yes, I think a happy, healthy guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so. I would so much rather be thinking about him and thinking, you know, honestly, not even thinking. I want my time spent out of my head, fully present with him, watching him grow because everything he does right now is so cool and so fun to watch. So if I had been in a place where I was just living in my thoughts and couldn't escape my own thoughts, uh, I feel like I'd be missing out on so much. Totally, totally. Oh, I'm so happy for you. It's just amazing. (laughs) The mental space that you save to be present with him by doing that work. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's everything. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, good. Well, could you please share your best tips and resources for folks who are interested in intuitive eating and um, maybe also like something also you mentioned is the body love, right? And so I I know they Mm -hmm. go hand in hand, but, and that you've also led amazing workshops on body positivity, body love in the past. So just any tips that you have on the two would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, um, maybe like while the two are so interconnected, try to just pick one to work on at first because it can feel like a lot to work on them both simultaneously. It's just, it can be really overwhelming. They're so intertwined, but I do think maybe getting yourself to a place where you have trust and respect for your body first, um, because body love is a really big concept. Um, most of us may not get to a place where we love our body and that's okay. It's not really an end goal. It's kind of more um, something fluid you might move through at times, but I always think of a formula of building up to that. So first you have to have trust in order to, uh, in order to have trust, you have to have acceptance. We go through acceptance, trust, respect, and then maybe to love. So first having acceptance around your body, you don't have to like it, Um, but we do want to accept it. And so getting to a place where you can accept that in order to rebuild some trust. And then once we've rebuilt trust with our body, that can morph into respect. Um, But I think being in a place where you have acceptance and trust from your body is a really great place to then enter the intuitive eating realm because you can actually trust the signals that your body is sending you. Um, And then even like taking it a step back how Mm -hmm. might somebody like even wrap their head around starting to accept their body yeah um so a couple different things come to mind for that um definitely spending more time connecting with your body a lot of us are incredibly disconnected um meaning we spend way too much time in our heads we don't do activities that bring us closer we don't spend time uh, looking at ourselves touching ourselves we just are are kind of like, you know, below the neck, there's just like a line of separation. And so we want to start working with reconnection. So whether that's slowing down every, you know, so-and-so throughout the day to reconnect, put your hand on your belly and just take a big deep breath, 
Um, I find that to be really helpful with some mantras. Um, like I said, I trust my biology um, was one that I used throughout my pregnancy. So finding one that works for you. Also doing a little bit more digging into um, health at every size. That is, you know, a whole nother topic for another podcast, but health at every size is the, uh, the idea that you can be healthy at, at any size. And I know sometimes, uh, we get so wrapped up in our size and in our health because the world has told us healthy only looks like one size. And in order to be healthy, we have to control and manipulate and shrink. And so really getting a better understanding of what goes into health and how we find ways to be healthy outside of just food, exercise, and our body size. Um, and then lastly, and this, this is going to be a piece of advice on the intuitive eating side too, of just like really helpful, especially this time of year. Um, social media is something that I think can be really beautiful for this community because you can find people on the same journey. You can find people who really promote intuitive eating, who promote body acceptance, who talk about food freedom. Um, but on the flip side, you can also find a lot of really, really negative, um, space online too. And the diet talk and the, um, basically just everything being so fake online too, right? All the filters and um, there's there's a lot of harm that can be done at the same time that there can be a lot of good. And so something that I think people can do as they're working towards body acceptance and if they want to start kind of learning a little bit more about intuitive eating and maybe starting to um, explore if it might be the right path for them um, is to go through your own social media and notice when you come across people's pages or posts that kind of just make you feel icky. And whether that's an immediate like thought in comparison to somebody else or an immediate thought that is a negative thought you have about yourself or what you're doing in life and what you're eating, um, or you just feel it in your gut, you notice your mood starts to change. Those are the people you want to unfollow. That's the content you don't want to take in anymore, whether it's blocking a hashtag, unfollowing, muting people, um, maybe just trying to like stay away from that sort of material and then start to refill your feed with um, people who post about food freedom, people who talk about food neutrality, people who talk about body acceptance, and then starting to incorporate more people that look like you. I don't think a lot of us realize how often we are following, you know, influences, influencers and, and people on Instagram that look nothing like us. Um, they don't have a body type like us. They don't have a lifestyle like us. They're just really out of touch with our own reality. And I get that that can be fun at times, but finding more people who look like you, who have a lifestyle similar to yours, a body type similar to yours, a body type bigger than yours, a body type that's a different color that has different abilities, um, really diversifying your feed and seeing that exposure all the time and looking at people living their life. And um, I think that can help us get ourselves back down in reality and, and start to like set the foundation around us for acceptance. Mm, well said and such great tips. Thank you. You mentioned um, a couple of resources here and there, like the intuitive eating book, a couple of social media um, people. So would you, could you share some resources for folks interested in learning more about these topics? 
Yeah. So um, intuitive eating, uh, there's actually a website um, for intuitive eating. There's a book and a workbook, which I think is really, really helpful. I've read it a couple of times and I've gone through the workbook, but that's something that is interactive. You do some journaling and um, it really starts to lay the foundation for work. Um, You can also on social media, start searching the hashtag intuitive eating or health at every size and start finding individuals who are posting about that to follow. Um, I post about it from time to time on my own. Um, If you are into yoga, there is a book called yoga, um, yoga for body image. And um, there's the body image yoga and body image coalition online. Um, There are numerous like groups and coaches and, and so many people online in this space. There's also um, this resource I like that might speak to some people a little bit more if they try not to spend so much time on social media. There's actually a subreddit for intuitive eating, um, which I have spent some time on, not only like, you know, asking questions, but also providing some advice for people who get on there and ask questions. So it's a nice little online community. Um, there's also a help at every size book. Um, there's a honestly like so many books and so many research studies that that support this evidence-based theory um but um i would say finding the hashtags on social media is a really good place to start finding individuals um one dietitian that lives in austin that i really like to follow her name is mallory j page and she also has a podcast called seems like diet culture so if you like podcasts you might check that one out um, and then another podcast um, by Christy Harrison um, called The Wellness Trap. Um, she also does a, a newsletter, but she's a dietitian who's been practicing this for a long time and has written a few books, which I know I'm throwing a lot at it, you right now, but I'm looking up at my bookshelf right now, <laughs> looking at the books. And uh, she uh, she has a really good book called Anti-Diet. And that one... Um, is a really good read if you're like, let me explore this. I'm not quite ready to do any work, but I'm curious. Um, anti-diet dives into actually the history of dieting and it provides a lot of helpful context to the history, basically how we got to where we are with the diet industry and how we got to where we are with body image and the struggles that most women face. And so that is a really good book that's eye-opening and, and may spark a little bit of curiosity. And it certainly sparked a fire in me to want to dive in deeper. So I think that one could kind of start getting the wheels turning if anybody's needing a little motivation to do the work, because I know how hard it is to get started on such a difficult journey. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those. I feel like so many different ways to tap in on different platforms, um, whether it's online or books. So there's just no shortage of tools out there. So thank you for sharing your favorites. Definitely trust those ahead of others. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram. Um, it's Jack J A C Q. I know most people want to throw okay in there, but J A C Q dot golden, um, is my Instagram. That's pretty much where I'm at most of the time these days. And then, um, I think you could also probably search my name in Apple podcast. I've done a few other interviews too. So, um, you know, other ways to hear about um, kind of what's going on in the intuitive eating space and and find more resources. But um, that's my Instagram and yeah. 
have. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, we know this episode is coming out on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. So I just wanted to share, even if you didn't intuitively eat yesterday, like it's a holiday. Even if you ate past the point of fullness, please don't punish yourself today, this weekend or ever, and just try to really get back to your body and that energy of gratitude that this whole season is about. The fact that we have a body that we get to live in um, is something that brings me peace all the time. And I sure as hell want to spend this one life I have in this one body I have loving it. So the work might be totally hard, agree. but it is worth it. <laughs> it is absolutely worth it. And with that being said, the timing of this was honestly perfect timing for us to have this conversation. And um, I just want to remind people the holiday season is extremely hard. Everything coming your way is not your fault. Um, the, the, there's a lot of money in the diet industry and they're taking advantage of this time of year. But I want to remind you all that you have survived it year over year. Um, you have overcome this time. It does pass. Um, but all the more reason to kind of do a little deep dive this time of year and, and figure out where you'd want to be next time during, uh, during the holiday season. And maybe let that, um, be a motivator to, um, kind of start to explore and ask yourself some of the harder questions. Mm-hmm. What a good way to track that growth. Each holiday season mm-hmm. <laughs> can always come back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jack. It's been such a treat talking with you today about this amazing topic. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Please follow, review, rate, and you can follow us on Instagram to let us know any questions you have, any topics you want to continue hearing at uh, Awaken Together podcast. We love you and we'll see you all next week. 